kick the dust up. Fantasy Experts Blog Talk Radio channel. Uh, sorry for the late start. I had more technical technical difficulties. I I swear Travis has doomed this uh, this this station, this channel, whatever you want to call it. I never had any difficulties with my other channel, and uh, this has just been two in a row. I'm gonna have to figure this out here. But uh, welcome nonetheless, and. <clears throat> And tonight we will be talking about some finishing off the preseason uh, fantasy football talk and getting into week one. Finally, we are here. Rail football is here. And uh, my co-host is, uh, is appears that he is finally here too. Uh, looks like he was having some difficulties as well. Uh, AJ, you there, man? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, what's going on? Yeah, that's uh, not too much. Uh, so yeah, a little bit of a late start there. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I think we're having some issues here tonight anyway. So, um, But, yeah, so I was just doing the intro. Um, I'm ready for this, man. Week one is finally here. Uh, you know, finally got the first taste of real football over the weekend, watched some college games, and I know even though for us it didn't quite go as planned or, well, maybe went as planned, but, uh, uh, you know, we, the Hokies had a devastating loss there, got pretty smoked. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, but, you know, it we, was definitely, definitely a game in the first half, but. Yeah, I thought we had a chance for sure. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of tough when yeah. you lose your starting quarterback and then the next guy up is not ready to really go. No, definitely not. Seven. I mean, what is what, what was there? I think there was a stat that he had thrown. He had thrown like two mm-hmm. passes in his college career. Yeah, he's not. I, I would. I would hope that we've got other options behind him. But yeah, whatever. We lost to Ohio State. We got him last year. I guess that's yeah. all that matters. So, want to um. Want to want to get in here to some preseason, you know, finishing off the preseason talk, you know, talk about some roster cuts, the recent signings, you know, for those roster cuts, and then um, just kind of roll into some week one things, you know, some some reminders, some depth chart moves, and then you know we'll just talk about some sleepers and busts, and then um, get into you know maybe, maybe talk about some of the the more key matchups and and some of the more fantasy friendly matchups, but I also before we do that, I want to invite our guest for the night, Travis Pastor. Uh, you all probably know him from the – I actually totally blanked on what his podcast, Home Run the Jewel podcast here on the So-Called Fantasy Experts uh, channel. Um, Travis, you there, man? Yes, I am here. Uh, hey, did I, get, did I get the name right? I totally blanked on it for some reason. Well, you got the – that was the name of the baseball one. We're just the uh, – uh, so-called fantasy experts, fantasy football podcast. At this point, ah, uh, okay. 
I don't have a witty name for it yet, but we are taking suggestions. So <laughs> neither uh, neither do I. I called him on the fancy six pack hour. That's that's about as far as I got. <laughs> you know, that's nice. Good good title. Um. Yeah, so kind of just want to go through some of the some of the more recent news here. You know, finishing up the preseason, like I said, and then. You know, get into week one. It's finally here. I know I'm done with all my drafts. I don't know about you, but um, I know I've got some friends doing drafts the the rest of this week. Um, I finished all mine off this this past weekend on my my friends and family draft, and that's that's always interesting. I had a uh, I was able to get Julio Jones in the third round. That's how that's how ridiculous <laughs> these people don't know fantasy football. It's pretty pretty funny. Anyway, so some of the re- more recent roster cuts here and see if you got any kind of comments on any of this. And uh, Jonas Gray, the New England Patriots, Jonas Gray was cut, which was actually kind of surprising to me. I thought he was going to be the, the guy, especially for week one here, with with uh, Garrett Blunt out. They also cut Reggie Wayne. That was a short, short-lived short marriage there between Reggie Wayne and, and the New England Patriots. Guess he wasn't quite as in shape as they hoped. <laughs> but uh, what, do, what do you think about that? I think actually Jonas Gray. I don't know if you caught it. I think he was signed to the Dolphins taxi squad. So not not a huge piece of news there, but it just happened a couple hours ago, I think. Well, I mean the Jonas Gray thing, I find pretty weird. Um, just because they gave him, he had that huge breakout game last year against the Colts. Uh, he was on a cover of Sports Illustrated and once he was on a cover it seemed like Bill Belichick was just done with him ready to get rid of him um, and they're they're turning it over to Brandon Bolden and James White I guess for until, until Blunt comes back I mean he really or Belichick I should say hasn't really shown tons of faith in Brandon Bolden who I believe is kind of fumble prone and James White I just don't know a lot about him I thought they'd stick with Gray at least for a little while and that that one kind of surprised me. Reggie Wayne one, I kind of thought he, he was done before he tried to make this brief little comeback with the uh, Patriots. But yes, it is what it is. He's, he's an old receiver. He's been he's had some injuries. Uh, so that one I'm not too surprised about. Surprised yeah, so play, honestly, uh, I mean, just looking at what he did for him last year. He had that one ridiculous game, four touchdowns, and he was everybody's waiver wire pickup and darling. And then he didn't do anything the rest of the season, from what I remember. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I don't see that as being any kind of surprise at all to me. I mean, Brandon Bolden's been there for a couple of years now. Um, I, I don't think he's a great option either, but you're looking at one game. And it's game one where Tom Brady's coming off of his appeal, suck at NFL, Roger Goodell. So I don't see them really even having to worry about the run because Brady's going to throw for 672 yards and eight touchdowns. So I don't think it's any kind of surprise, personally. I mean, I don't know about you, but I think he's going to throw it 673 yards. I mean, way to, way to, Cut him short there, man. Uh, <laughs> no, the uh, 
No, I think it was actually Kevin Smith. I mean, he was the number two running back on the death chart. I mean, you don't usually see the number two running back get cut, except for the Buffalo Bills where they cut Fred Jackson. Uh, that's you know, it's just kind of surprising there. But, but speaking of Fred Jackson, actually, and you know, he did get cut last week, and and we spoke on that a little bit. So he gets picked up by Seattle, and then I'm trying to. Christine Michael gets cut from Seattle, and then Christine Michael signs with the Cowboys. I think I got that right. Um, what, do any of these guys have fantasy value to you, like week one, later down the season? What's, what's your take on, on either one of them, or both, Travis? Um, the, if I'm picking one for value, I'd probably go with – Fred Jackson. Um, God, I actually don't know. I think I would go with Christine Michael just because Dallas is offensive line better and their running back situation is kind of up in the air. I have more faith in Fred Jackson as a football player, and he's never let me down before. Um, but he is getting older, and Marshawn Lynch is just so entrenched there. I can't see them really giving too many carries or giving the ball to Jackson enough where it sort of is worth, worth thinking about him in, in fantasy football. You know, if, uh, if there's one injury or something breaks right for Michael running behind that Cowboys offensive line, like that's a pretty nice boost for anybody in fantasy football. Yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely, yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not <laughs> It's, like a really... it's a hard one. It's like a deep league question because I mean, if you're just like yeah. a standard 10-team league, you're probably not dealing with either of these guys. Um, but if you're in, like you were saying about your, your last draft, my last draft uh, was an 18-team league with two kickers, two quarterbacks, two defenses, three wide receivers, and three running backs. So, like, we are Gosh. drafting – yeah, we're drafting. I have I have Brian Hoyer as a backup, and he is like the hot commodity on the trade market. Uh, which is probably the only time that has ever been said ever. Um, but yeah, that's pretty crazy. In, in those, the dynasty like, league, and I don't think Brian Hoyer got picked up. <laughs> see, exactly. But in like this type of league, I would be thinking about Fred Jackson or Christine Michael. But if you're in a 12 team league, I don't think you have to worry either of these guys becoming uh, like busting through and you know, rushing for 1,100 yards and 10 touchdowns. Yeah, I think the other way that either one of Fred Jackson or Christine Michael get any sort of fantasy relevance is going to be through injury. You know, we've seen it time and time again. We always think the guy for Seattle behind Marshawn Lynch is going to have value, and it just never happens. Um, and even though the guys in front of Christine Michael at, at Dallas – I don't think anybody here thinks they're going to be great, but there's two, if not three people in front of him, if you count Lance Dunbar. And so who knows what what's going to happen there with him. I just, I don't see a whole lot of value coming from any one of these guys, but I know people are going nuts over Christine Michael on the Cowboys. Um, I've seen him shoot up the draft rankings on fantasy pros and I don't get it. Um, especially for week one. I'm like, he's been there for two days. He's not going to, he's not going to do much of anything. So 
it's it's a weird one for me. I don't have a whole lot of faith in that in that um you know, in in that signing anywhere. Um, yeah. yeah, I think people probably just have faith in the Dallas offensive line. I think that's sort of just what it comes down to. I guess I, I think I think what it is more than anything is people just obviously don't want to trust Joseph Randall, and then they don't obviously don't trust Jeremy McFadden, which I don't either. <laughs> but I think I think I would trust both of them over Christine Michael at this point. So yeah, I'm not I'm not really banking on, on either one of those carrying much value going forward. The only thing that then, you can bank on and trust from Run D M C is a solid eighties video with Aerosmith. That's it. Hmm. Nothing football related. <laughs> Uh, that was, that I, was wish, I wish I had walked this way queued up right now. <laughs> but yeah, so I think those are the only you know signings that kind of made news over the over the weekend. I know you know we we've seen um, Hakeem Nix is working out for the Saints. He got cut by Tennessee. Um, Matt Castle is back with the Bills. Who cares? Um, there's not a, there's not a whole lot. I mean, Monte Ball was cut by Denver. That's actually kind of a big one. I mean, he talk about a fall from grace there. I mean, he was the starting running back last year, and then you know just he got injured and never never won it back. I mean, uh, I kind of thought he'd be the guy again this year, or at least they try and get him to be the guy again behind C.J. Anderson. But yeah, now it looks like he's possibly going to be signing with the Falcons. I'm reading that on on a, online right now. I mean, that's he signs with the Falcons. I mean, kiss any sort of possible fantasy relevance out the window. Not that he had a whole lot anyway. Um. That I mean that that's pretty much it. Not a whole lot has really happened besides the Fred Jackson, Christy Michael move, which seems to be making you know some waves in the fantasy world for some reason. <clears throat> I did want to get into some things that you know is important for people to remember come week one, and I know it might seem obvious, but you wouldn't believe some of the questions that I get, and you know people that that ask me questions about drafting these players, thinking that they're going to be available week one and beyond. But Le'Veon Bell's out week one and week two. Uh, D'Angelo Williams is going to be the guy there. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt, his partner in crime last year, which is the reason I think they're getting suspended, he's out week <laughs> one. Now, I again, I guess this, you know, this goes back to the beginning thing. Like, who's going to get the ball? For New England, does I mean give any sort of idea? Like, if you had to guess, who who would you think would get the ball there in New England now? Um, I just think they're going to dink and dunk their way down the field. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, Julian Edelman. I was blanking on his name. Uh, if Danny Amendola could hold up for one game, 
I think he'll be he had a good Super Bowl. <laughs> he did have a good Super Bowl. And that's enough for most fans of Boston. But uh, yes, I mean, I think they'll probably just do ten carries here, seven carries there. Like they're they're not going to run it too much. They're not going to pound it thirty five times. I think they'll do seventeen to twenty rush attempts with five to ten for each guy, just trying to mix it up. Um, and if Boulder doesn't fumble, he could get a good amount. But he tends to be fumble prone, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure they're going to rely too heavily to run. So. Maybe go look at Danny Amendola. If he can still walk up, walk. He can just walk, basically. Yeah, I think Danny Amendola, especially in uh, DFS, is going to be a pretty sneaky play. I mean, they're going to have to be able to give the ball to somebody else besides Element and Gronk. And the Steelers have already said they're going to like double-cover Gronk the entire game. So somebody else is going to have to make a play. And, you know, Element can't do it all. So why not Amadola? Maybe an Aaron Dobson comes in and, and makes some noise, but I wouldn't trust that as much. You know, but yeah, as far as the running backs, I mean James White, Deion Lewis, ugh, Brandon Bolden. Uh I'm staying away from that. I don't want anything to do with that situation. Yeah, typically for me, New England's running back situation has always kind of been like a fantasy kryptonite for teams and it it's something that you want to always try to stay away from uh, just because you never know who's going to get it. Uh, and like I said, with Jonas Gray blowing up last year for that one game, you know, everyone was like, oh, he's the guy. He's the guy. He's got to do it. Um, but, you know, he, he barely got carries after that. Uh, he had one game of any significance with 11 carries in week 15. So, um, you know, he still turned out 62 yards, but he's not there. So I just don't think that game's going to be anything with with any kind of running game, and they're probably looking at themselves and kicking themselves for getting rid of Shane Vereen. Um, you know, he would have been perfect to have there because he's a he's a great back out of the backfield, and you know he can run the ball a little bit too. I mean, he's not the best strongest runner out there, but. Yeah, he would have been better than than the options that they're going into this game with. Yeah, I can agree there, but such is life. He's now with the Giants. Um, And that's that's another running back situation I'm just not really fond of this year. So I I know we talked about the um, Atlanta running back situation, and I wanted to get into some of the depth chart moves that we've noticed over the last couple of days, and probably one of the more interesting ones is indeed that Atlanta running back depth chart, and that Tyden Coleman did finally jump Devonta Freeman on the depth chart, so he's the number one there now. Um I still don't know if I really like either one of these guys because I think it's going to be a timeshare. And I, and I wonder if maybe he jumped him just because Devonta Freeman is still dealing with the hamstring injury or not. But still, I mean, you've got to like that for for Coleman owners who, you know, flip the coin. Because Coleman and Freeman, in every draft that I had, they were going basically back-to-back. I mean, they were going like the same round or one round after each other. Freeman was going first in some, Coleman first in others. 
it was kind of a coin flip. I stayed away from it. I didn't want anything to do with it because there were better guys on the board, in my opinion. But for the people who took the chance on Coleman, they're they're sitting pretty right now, and he's he's going to be the guy. Um, I just think it could easily switch right back to Freeman. So I, I don't. What do you guys think about that? Um, I'm a big Tevin Coleman fan. Uh, I wrote a story for so-called fantasy experts. I want to say back in June, um, like profiling rookies coming in, stuff like that. And I sort of stumbled across Tevin Coleman when I wasn't really expecting it. Um, just sort of looking through the draft and what people were saying, but he, he rushed for a huge amount of yards last year uh, in the Big Ten. He was definitely overshadowed by Melvin Gordon. But the guy's fast. The guy's fast and he's strong. And I mean, Devonta Freeman, like a nice um, home run hitter. But I don't know if I have enough faith in him, even from his time at Florida State, to be the the main guy. I see him more as a change of pace player. So I've been leaning more towards Coleman uh, in my drafts this year. Yeah, Freeman, I mean, he, he's not a real big dude. Uh, I mean, he's only 5'8 and, you know, a hair over 200 pounds. So I just don't see him being as powerful as as what he needs to be. Um, and, I mean, I think that might have played into it as far as Coleman, um, trying to pick, pick up his stuff to see exactly how big he is. But I just think, you know, from a running back perspective – yeah, weight-wise, they're about the same, but you know he's he's got a few inches on him too. So I think he's deserving of it. Um, I, I kind of stayed away from this backfield as well, but I, I had him kind of in the in the background of my drafts, um, and they were guys that I was looking at trying to get some late flyers on, um, but other guys went after him, so I let him have it. Um, but yeah, this is another running back backfield that's I think it's going to be a committee the majority of the season unless one of the guys really stands out and and makes his presence known and just takes uh, takes a position by the reins uh, and literally runs with it Um, otherwise I can see them kind of playing the hot hand and seeing who can do what for what games Yeah, I tend to agree there. And so one of the one of the moves that I that I kind of forgot about there, I'm looking back at my notes now, is Terrence West was traded to Cleveland for I believe a seventh round pick. And he kind of or sorry, from Cleveland to Tennessee. Um and he kind of because of the David Cobb injury becomes the de facto number two running back behind Terrence West. I just said tennis what's behind Bishop Sankey. <laughs> I'm struggling. Um, you just really want I to mean, talk about Terrence Rett. Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, does, so does uh, Cleveland trader them to Cleveland he, and Tennessee? Yes. <laughs> and he's starting over himself. <laughs> <laughs> he traded himself for his own draft pick and yeah. uh, became a starter as a backup running back. I mean, I might as well have said he started his own team and just, you know, he's playing all the positions. But uh, anyway, 
<laughs> the Terrence so, yeah, West. So he is now going to be starting behind, uh, starting, but you know he's going to be the second guy behind Bishop Sankey because of the David Cobb injury. Do we have enough faith in Bishop Sankey to think that Terrence West can just be disregarded, or is this could this possibly be the chance that Terrence West needed in getting out of Cleveland? Um. I think it's definitely worth considering. I like Terrence West last year when he was running behind Isaiah, Isaiah Crowell or Crowley or however you say his last name. Um, but then they obviously brought in Duke Johnson, who I like a lot. And once that happened, he was sort of just an afterthought. But Bishop said, I know a lot of people jumped on his bandwagon last year, like drafting the rookie running backs, like a, a proven, has a proven track record of finding like, you know, value guys. Uh, but Sankey just didn't do it for me last year. And maybe Mariota helps him, but I don't have enough faith in Sankey from what I saw last year to just ignore West uh, in deeper leagues. Yeah, I, I, I was pretty much all in on West last year, and he was kind of my sleeper pick to go after. Um, he started off all right, but then, you know, he got taken over by, uh, by Crowell. And deservedly so but here again another another quality bunch of running backs that I just have no interest in fantasy wise this year I mean I'm looking at the NFL dot uh, com unofficial depth chart and it just has Terrence West listed as other right now um, and it's got that Dexter McCluster sitting in the, the two spot so that could easily change McCluster's kind of more of a you know flex player for the NFL in general between running back and, and receiver. Um, but I I don't like Sankey at all. I mean, he did absolutely nothing in my mind last year to, to warrant a starting position. Um, and, and with the injury to Cobb, that, that gives him kind of more of a boost to stay in that number one spot for now. But, you know, I, I would easily see Terrence West nipping at his heels assuming he bumps up to that second spot um, and uh, and just takes it. I think he's he's definitely got the ability. Um, here again, he's a he's a bigger back uh, than Sankey, um, so I think he's he's more of a power guy. I just wonder if the end of the goal line, if they would use West over Sankey, and that would kind of take away a lot of value from Sankey at this point. I mean, Sankey's 5'10", 209, you know, West is 5'10", 225. I mean, that's a a much larger guy to be taken down at the goal line there. So you got to wonder if he's going to snake some some touchdowns from him if if Tennessee can even get to the goal line. But that would would be the thing that I would worry about as a Sankey owner would be that he would – he would snake some touchdowns from him, not so much that he would snake, like, you know, the first three down carries from him. Well, looking at it, I mean, Sankey only had two touchdowns himself last year rushing. So, I yeah, mean, I don't think true. he was much of a touchdown threat to begin with anyways. And now that they have Mariota there, I mean, he likes to run. So, I mean, that's kind of where he shines is, is in that, you know, option-type offense. So, It'll be interesting to see what what they do and and how they play these guys. Um, they're going to have to get touchdowns somehow if they want to win games. 
And if you're looking at a number one guy who only had two touchdowns last year, that that's pretty disappointing. Yeah, well, I mean, they got the David Cobb for a reason. <laughs> exactly. I mean, West West himself only had four, so even he's not a huge, you know, step up. Wow. But that Cleveland backfield was such a mess last year. Exactly. So hard, hard I mean, to predict. Was, uh, I mean, I, I think it'll be I think it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, yeah, so the one of the last depth chart moves, actually maybe the last depth chart move that that I wanted to bring up was C.J. Yeldon was officially announced the number one for Jacksonville. I think we were all pretty much expecting this, uh, but he did finally jump over Denard Robinson. Uh, that was announced. Was that announced yesterday or was that announced today? I forget. Either way, um, you know, they've they've been kind of touting him as a three-down back. I kind of think he's, you know, he's got the, you know, he's got got the size to do it. So hopefully, you know, 6'1", 226, this guy could be a workhorse. The only big question mark is obviously that Jaguars offense isn't going to be good enough for him to produce. You know, I think at this point in the NFL game, anybody that's gotten, anybody's going to be given, you know, three down, you know, the be a three down back is is somebody worth holding on to no matter, no matter what offense they're in. But, you know, it's not probably not the greatest situation, but it's it's, it's one that I would take a flyer on if I still have the draft. Yeah, I like Yeldon uh, coming into this draft season, and uh, I, I kind of figured he was going to be the guy. Toby Gerhardt just didn't really show too much last year. He was injured a lot too, um, but that was kind of the big thing was, uh, well, how is he going to you know, come off being a starter when he's been backing up Adrian Peterson for all these years and, uh, you know, and what he's done there? Um he was pretty good as a backup in, in Minnesota, but when he got the starting gig, it just didn't seem, you know, like it was the best fit. Um, and, and Jacksonville's just not a good team either, uh, you know. So, but, yeah, the injury slowed him down a little bit. It looks like, you know, they're, the Jacksonville page is showing Gerhardt at the third spot right now. Plus they have Bernard Pierce, you know, kind of floating around as like a, a looming guy. Um you know, Denard Robinson was was a pretty solid back last year for, you know, through the middle of the season. Um, but then he kind of tailed off himself. So I like Yeldon. I, I think he's going to, I think he's going to succeed. It's, it's really a matter of whether or not Jacksonville is going to be able to, um, you know, get, get enough points on the board to not have to be playing catch up in every game. But yeah, what's uh, we'll what's your what's your take on that, Travis? Uh, well, a I think he's definitely like you guys said an upgrade over Denard Robinson, who is so they sort of just plugged a hole with a quarterback that they had on their roster who was able to run. Um, I don't have been a huge fan of. Yeldon so far in my draft. Um, I'm, he's got talent. 
and he knows how to block, which is good because he'll need that to stay on the field. But it's just that that Jacksonville offense kind of leaves a lot to be desired, and I don't know if teams are going to you know respect Blake Bortles' ability to pass enough to, um, to not pack the box against Yeldon. Do I think he's a, a solid pick? Yeah. But where he's sort of going in drafts, I tend to go the other way instead of Yeldon. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I, I seem to have avoided Yeldon a lot. I think it's more the Jaguar effect than, than Yeldon. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, I was pretty high on Gerhardt last year, and that burned me pretty bad. So, um Trying to stay away from that this year. Hopefully, I don't get burned the other way this time. Yeah, yeah it's a so tough I think situation that's... there. I mean, Bortles is still young. Yeldon is now a rookie. You got guys like Alan Hearns and Alan Robinson that you're throwing to. Hey, Alan Hearns was pretty good last year, uh, believe it or not. Yeah, no, he's 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 solid, but it's like you know, you don't really know these guys. They're not, like, big household names. Like, I heard on the radio no. the other day when they were talking about Julius Thomas being out, and they're like, Clay Harbor, like, who is this guy? Blah, blah, blah. And, and I know him from his days <laughs> in Philly, and, and I like Harbor. I thought he was a solid, you know, second tight end option. Now he'll potentially be starting um, between him and uh, Mercedes Lewis, I guess, but you know, it's it's just an an offense that yeah, I agree. I don't I don't think there's there's a whole lot there to be scared of. Um mm-hmm. so it, it, you know, for their sake, hopefully they can come out and kind of make a statement in the first couple of weeks somehow and, and get some points on the board so teams have to start taking them seriously and not just looking ahead on their schedule like up oh, yeah, Jacksonville. There's a win game. All right, no worries, because they will sneak up on you, and they'll they'll end up stealing wins here and there. Um, but it's just a matter of whether or not these people are going to be able to really help your fantasy teams that much. I can see Hearns being a, a a waiver wire pickup if he was undrafted, but you know, deeper yeah, I mean, leagues, Hearns I'm sure he's drafted. One. Hearns had 51 catches last year for almost 700 yards and six touchdowns, believe it or not. Uh, and I'm fairly certain he didn't start the year as, like, a normal starter. He played all 16 games, but I think he was, like, their slot guy a lot. And, you know, but he had some pretty big games. I mean, he had an enormous yeah. game against Cincinnati, seven for 112 and two touchdowns. Yeah, he yeah. had four similar for, game against four Philly. for 110 against this. Yeah, against the Eagles there. Um, so yeah, he. I mean, he had some big games, and then you know he kind of disappeared. You know, he was he was a rookie last year, so he can't. Although last year was the year of the rookie receivers, but he was not going to be one of the big ones. But I mean, that's that's a pretty respectable rookie campaign for normal rookie year you know, rookie receivers. But, yeah, so yeah, yeah, that's pretty absolutely. much it for things like depth chart moves and, and week one, you know, things to remember, some of the signings, some of the roster cuts. That, that's kind of closing out the preseason here. And now we can finally look forward 
and start planning our rosters for week one. First game is is two nights from now. I'll be sitting on my couch, you know, watching the, the Patriots and the Steelers, two of my least favorite teams. So but whatever. That should be a that should be a fairly entertaining game. Neither defense I think to me is, is gonna be all that great. New England lost Browner and Revis, so that secondary is going to get eaten alive, I think. The Steelers have been bad at defense for the last couple of years, so that, and I don't think they got much better. should be a pretty entertaining game, and, and Tom Brady, Tom Brady, like you said, man, he is going to come out with a vengeance, and just he's going to do nothing but throw. He's going to check out every run and just throw. Uh, he... Uh, that's gonna that's gonna be disgusting what he does on on Thursday night I think. But I want to yeah. want to ask each one of you what is if you had to pick one game that you think is gonna be like the game where you get some of the biggest fantasy points from, what would it be? Travis, we'll start with you. For just week one, we're talking here, or the whole season? Yeah, no, week one. We're just looking okay, at week good. one here. We're focused. Because I, I, no, I you must say, study the entire schedule and tell me what the best game is. I was like, I, I don't know that many off the top of my head. Um, looking through it quickly, I, I'm a fan of Packers Bears. Uh, I think even without Jordy Nelson, the Packers should be able to put up some points. Two reasons: one, the Bears defense has been atrocious for the last couple of years. And two, Aaron Rodgers really seems to like just tearing Chicago's heart out and stopping on it at every possible chance he can get. So I, I don't think he should have much trouble, even with you know a depleted uh, wide receiver core, with Randall Cobb and you know Jeff Janis and Devontae Adams and I don't know if James Jones is going to be in the picture, um, but I think that. Oh be yeah, it. I forgot about James Jones. <laughs> Yeah, I think he just came back after the Giants cut him, which uh, I was starting to get on that Jeff Janis bad wagon, which James Jones sort of... Yeah, I was too. Or, or T.Y. Montgomery. Yeah, so those so, two... Yeah, Jones, Jones ruins all that. <laughs> yeah, and then the uh, my sneakier one, when I'll go out on a limb, uh, would be Vikings 49ers. I think the 49ers aren't going to be very good this year. Uh, I've lost a lot players all over the field and Teddy Bridgewater looks pretty looks has looked pretty poised throughout his NFL career he got Mike Wallace now he's a deep option Adrian Peterson's back I think this could be a game where the the Vikings sort of come in shock people put up 30 35 points on 49ers because to some people the 49ers are still probably that vaunted defense that they were in 2012 when they were going to the Super Bowl but that's just not the case anymore so those would be my two yeah, I I, uh, I agree with the the Minnesota pick. I I, I do like that game, and and I actually have a, a just a pick'em pool that I do. It's just a straight head head to head breads involved or anything like that. Um, so I, I definitely was looking down the list for this week one, and I just see a lot of games for away teams that I think can come in and surprise these home teams. Um, But as far as a fantasy standpoint goes, I think points-wise, the games I'm really looking at, and, you know, call me biased or a homer or whatever, but 
Philadelphia Atlanta on Monday night has yeah. the potential to be a really high scoring shootout game. Granted, the Eagles defense has looked fantastic in the preseason, um, which was, you know, kind of their Achilles heel last year. They had the high flying offense and it was just a matter of, hey, how many points do we need to score to be able to win these games? Because we know our defense is going to let up a bunch. But they shored up a lot of stuff on defense this year, and it showed in the preseason. I mean, granted, preseason is preseason, but that's a game I'm I'm excited for, not only as a Philly fan, but from a fantasy standpoint. There's a lot of firepower in both of those receiving cores um, and, and with the quarterbacks as well. So that, that could be a real fun one to watch. Um, yeah, that actually has the highest over-under out of all of them. That was the one I was looking at, too. Big time, yeah. that was the one I was looking at. So I, I think Monday night's going to be a, a fantastic night of football um, to close out the first week. But uh, another game I like, and uh, you know, somewhat of a homer here, too, for Baltimore-Denver. I think that's got the potential to have you know, a pretty good scoring matchup between the two teams. Baltimore's defense is still, you know, pretty high up. Um, Denver, eh, their defense is all right. Um, but, you know, like you can't Denver ever count out. The Baltimore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think that you can't ever count out the, uh, you know, the Peyton Manning factor for scoring and everything like that. And it'll be interesting to see how he comes out in week one, you know, after – dealing with all the, you know, the injury stuff towards the end of last season and, and, you know, putting that all behind him and coming back. And Baltimore-Denver is a pretty good rivalry now that, that's been brought up over the past few years. So that's another game I'm kind of looking at. But uh, my my sleeper game for fantasy-wise, I think, is the Detroit-San Diego game. I think Matt Stafford's going to look to rebound from last year and and really – kind of remake a name for himself. You know, he still has Calvin Johnson, who's admittedly lost a step, but he's still a top-tier receiver. Um, and San Diego, I mean, Phillip Rivers is is a phenomenal quarterback in his own right. So, I think it'll be, uh, I think it'll be a pretty fun, high-scoring affair there as well, fantasy-wise. Yeah, no, that definitely could be. <clears throat> now, the the one I'm surprised neither one of you mentioned is the Cowboys-Giants game on Sunday night. I'm looking back at some of the scores of this game for the last five years, and we're talking 33 31 41-35, 37-34, 29-24, 31-36. I think you yeah. get the point. It is high-scoring for the last five years straight. The lowest amount of points that either one of these teams has scored was 14. And that was the... Which, I mean, yeah, it's not a ton, but, you know, you don't have any single digits. None of Almost none of them are blowouts. They're all close games, except for that 31-14 game that I'm talking about. They're all, you know, three to ten point games. It, it's just a high-scoring game. Neither one of these teams has a very good defense, especially the Giants this year. I think the Cowboys are 
going to just put up points. But I have Des Bryant ranked as the number one receiver this this week, um, hands down. I think he's going to just crush the Giants secondary, especially with uh, Jason Pierre-Paul there uh, to put pressure on Tony Romo. Um, you know, this is going to be a high-scoring game. This is going to be right up there with, with the Eagles-Falcons game, I think, and, and that Patriots-Steelers uh, game. Those are the three highest games for me, but I do, you know, I, I kind of like the, the sleeper picks you've got there with the Vikings and 49ers. You know, that could be a sneaky kind of, if you're in DFS, you're in a tournament, maybe you play, you know, Charles Johnson or something who who might not be as targeted as some of the other receivers. Um, I, I do I do like that play. So on the, on the flip side of that, though, what games are you, or, uh, <clears throat> Oh, actually, uh, I forgot your uh, your time is up, Travis. You uh, you have to run at nine fifteen, right? Yes, uh, your girlfriend calls, so I got. All right, man. I gotta go get dinner. So. so. All right. Do, do your thing, you, man. man. I know. Nine, dinner right. at nine fifteen is kind of tough, but uh, gotta do it for love, right? Absolutely. All right, man. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I'm sure you got your. Your podcast tomorrow night, right, or is it Thursday? Yeah, yeah. No, we'll be on tomorrow. I don't want to podcast while the NFL season is starting, so right. we'll be in our usual eight o'clock time slot tomorrow. So check us out. Right. Uh, but I appreciate you guys having me on. And uh, if you ever, you know, want me back, just let me know. I love being on the podcast. It's what I'm absolutely yeah, definitely. Thanks. Definitely, man. Have a good night. You too, guys. See ya. All right. See you, Travis. Yeah, so to uh to finish up some things here, what what are the what's the one or two games you're kinda not too excited for when it comes to the fantasy realm? I know for me I'm looking at that Chiefs Houston game. Uh that one's not exactly screaming out to me as far as fantasy value. Both both defenses are pretty stout there and neither one of those offenses exactly excites me. I mean the Chiefs have you know, Jamal Charles, obviously, he's, he's elite. Um, and they've got Macklin, but I'm just kind of not on the Macklin train this year. The Texans, if they had Foster, it might be a different story, but they don't. They've got Hopkins, and he's he's pretty good. But, again, you know, both these defenses are pretty are pretty stout. Um, and what other games yeah. are you just kind of not excited about here? That well, before I dip into that, I just wanted to point out too, Eli's stats last year in, in Dallas were he threw for two forty eight and three touchdowns in Dallas, and then he threw for three thirty eight, three touchdowns and one pick at home against Dallas. So he he puts yeah. up the numbers in those matchups, and and Romo does as well. So oh yeah, that's yeah, definitely going to be something. Offensive. That's going to be. I, I was actually looking at that one and. and then I started, you know, sidetracking myself, but I, I, I think that's going to be a, a great matchup. It always is. Um, but yeah, the the Kansas City Houston matchup was tough for me because that was one I was trying to figure out who do I want to pick to win this game. I mean, it it's that close for me, and I haven't looked at any of the spreads yet, so I'll take that into account. But Looking yeah, I like agree. Houston's I think favored by one. Yeah, I mean that's. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I mean, that that's a tight game there. I think that it's going to be 
just back and forth game. I, I do like Macklin. I, I like that he's he's reunited with uh, with Big Red Andy Reid. Um, I think that he will buck the trend of them not having a receiving touchdown from a receiver, but I don't know if he's going to be as as great as he was last year. So it'll be interesting. But another couple of games that I'm seeing that I, I think are going to be kind of punchless, um, you know, we, we revert back to Jacksonville uh, and they're ho- at home with Carolina coming to town. I mean, Carolina's receiving core is just kind of in shambles right now. So I don't, I don't know if I see much out of that game. Um, but I think I think a, a game that's going to surprise people might be Indianapolis and Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo's got a real stout defense, um, and, and I know Andrew Luck is is a powerhouse quarterback, and he's got a lot of weapons. But I think that game might surprise some people, um, and I, and I wouldn't be surprised to see Buffalo steal one at home um, against the confident Colts. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I could pick that one. Uh, I think um, I just don't think the Bills, despite having our boys high rod at quarterback now, is, is going to have the firepower to keep up with the Colts. I know their defense is really good, but I, I just I don't know. I don't. I don't see it. Um, I know one of the other games that that I'm looking at as far as down on the offensive scoring, and one of those one of those games where. You don't have to start anybody from either one of these teams. I'd kind of not. And it's the Browns versus Jets. And honestly, it has nothing to do with either team's defense. It's it's both teams' offenses. Um, yeah. I just don't like either one of their offenses. Um, very conservative. Don't have the quarterbacks. Don't have the big running backs. Now, I mean, the Jets got some good receivers, but they don't have the quarterback. I mean, talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's serviceable at best, but eh, I'm just, that game, I don't even know what is the over-under. That game's got to be one of the lowest ones, right? Looking at the over-under. Uh, yeah, so we got Tampa so. and Tennessee at 41. That one's really low. Don't like that one either. Uh, no, St. Louis, Seattle's at 41. And we've got Cleveland Jets at 40. There you go. Yep, that's the lowest one right there. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty I guess I'm pretty good at picking this stuff here. Uh, I seem to pick the high ones um, and the and the lows. So one of the the clothes we've got here these these last ten minutes. Let's give our listeners our one sleeper quarterback, one bust quarterback, and same for receivers and running backs. Everybody always wants to know, you know, who do we like more, who do we not like, you know, compared to, to compared to everybody else. And I'll start out here with the quarterbacks. Okay. One of the quarterbacks that, that I do not like as much as it seems like everybody else is surprisingly Teddy Bridgewater. Um I think you know he's had a big preseason, and everybody's going to be high on him. Everybody thinks the 49ers aren't aren't as good, and they're not. I mean, I'm not going to disagree with anybody there. They're they're just they're just not. Um, but you know, he his 
I think I think people are gonna start him over some guys thinking that, and because he had a good preseason, and I just I don't, I'm not really seeing him, you know, be that that top twelve guy quite yet. You know, let's, let's give him a couple of weeks. I mean, it's still a road game. It's gonna be you know, San Fran still is gonna have that mentality of hard nosed defense. To Monday night, you know, it's. I'm gonna I'm gonna wait and see there on that one. I'm not I'm not really feeling it too much yet. Okay. Yeah, I think. Uh, do you want me to go with my bust pick or my uh, my sleeper pick first? Uh, I mean, go go with your bust here since that's what I did. Bust wise, uh, I would have to go. Jeez, uh, quarterback. I'm kind of interested to see what um, uh, what the hell is his name. I'm kind of interested to see what Drew Brees is going to do. Uh, I don't. I mean, Arizona's got a solid defense. He doesn't have Jimmy Graham as safety blanket. Um, I mean, he still has Colston, but he's another year older, another year slower. Um, and he's got, you know, Ben Watson as a as a solid tight end, but he's not Jimmy Graham. So I, I think he's going to have trouble this week. Um, I, I mean, if you don't have anyone else, obviously you're going to start Drew Brees, but to me, I, I'm not that interested in him. There, there's a lot of other guys I'd like ahead of him on, you know, lesser teams with better matchups that I think are going to put up more points. So he'd be my bump yeah. for this week. You know that that's that's a good one, and, and I probably should have said that because I've actually got him ranked 11th this week, um, and I'm I'm looking at the fantasy pros rankings right now. Well, he's actually number nine, so I don't have him too much lower. I'm actually kind of surprised he's that low. I thought I thought he'd be a lot higher. I know one of the guys that my my you know kind of sleeper. I think he's going to get he's not going to get started in a lot of places. I like Carson Palmer this week, so I'm going to go on the other side of that game and take Carson Palmer. Um, I've got him actually ranked ahead of Drew Brees, and it really comes down to the matchup. You know, like you said, Drew Brees yeah. is playing against that that Arizona defense that's that's pretty good, and then on the other side, the Saints last year gave up 17 and a half points to the starting quarterbacks in fantasy. Um, and Carson Palmer can easily do that. Um, it, you know, Fitzgerald is, by all accounts, healthy. John Brown's looking good. And Carson Palmer's healthy. That's the most important part. And when Carson Palmer is healthy, he, um, you know, he puts up numbers. I don't think a lot of people realize this, but Carson Palmer, if you take the games he plays, he averaged the 12th most fantasy points per week last yeah. year. People don't realize he was actually a top 12 quarterback if you take per average, per game average. You can't look at his total. He missed half the season. Uh, but he's a he's a, a good quarterback. He's not going to be, you know, he's never going to be Tom Brady, Hayden Manning, you know, Aaron Rodgers. He's never going to be those guys anymore. 
he's a legit starting quarterback for fantasy purposes. And, you know, in in the leagues where I had to take backup quarterbacks, I took him. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I mean, he was going to be potentially my pick as well. I didn't want to stay in the same game, though, so I was looking. I'm glad you grabbed him instead. I, I was looking for, for another guy here. Um, but a, a guy that I'm looking at, and and it might be kind of a no-brainer um, just because of the matchup, but I really like Andy Dalton this week. You know, he's got to travel yeah. out to Oakland, um, but, you know, they were 25th against the position last year, um, and Dalton, uh, he, he's got to figure out a way to put it together at some point. I think he's a good quarterback. Um, he's got some decent weapons. Uh, you know, I think they're going to be running Jeremy Hill a lot too, but I'm hoping that they, they get some screen passes involved with, with Hill and, and Bernard. Um, and I'm hoping that he just gets that rhythm with AJ green that he used to have. Um, but I think, I think he's a, a pick to, to be able to, you know, put up a solid, solid week. If you, if you do have a, Drew Brees or or somebody that's got a much tougher matchup, um, you know, that you're that you're worried about. Yeah, no, uh, he was he was definitely one of the other ones I was looking at. I was kind of deciding between saying Dalton or 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 Palmer, but I've got Palmer ranked higher, so I went with him. Now on the running back side, I'm going to start with my my sleeper and I, Weird to call him a sleeper, but you know he's he's being ranked. Um, actually, he's just a so-called fantasy experts rank, so maybe I got to find somebody different here. Um, that was a that was a bad example I found here. <laughs> well, I will I will go with with another one here then, and I will say Alfred Morris. Uh, Alfred Morris, I have ranked as the number oh wait. Man, I am totally screwing the pooch here. <laughs> I'm looking at I'm looking at my rankings as compared to the other people I ranked with on so called fantasy experts and I'm thinking I'm finding guys that I don't like as much but and I go back and look at fantasy pros and they are pretty much spot on with what I've got, so that's not good. Um You know, I, I one of the one of the guys I'm going to say that might wind up being a bust. I'm going to go to that is Lamar Miller. Um, one of the things people don't realize is that the Redskins actually had a pretty decent run defense last year. As bad as they were against the pass, they were equally as good against the run. Uh, they they were eighth best against the run, only 13.9 uh, points in standard leagues, and you know, they actually improved the defensive front, which is shocking. They were one of the better defenses in the preseason, which, again, is preseason, but it's got to mean a little something. But I'm kind of down on Lamar Miller uh, this week. I've got him ranked 10th, but I actually am considering putting him lower right now, uh, you know, underneath guys like Ellington and, and Gore and, McCoy, if he plays, I think I'm going to slide him up. I, I have him kind of low right now just because I'm not really sure. I don't really like Miller's chance this, this week. Yeah. Um, 
I, I've got a, I mean, I really have a couple guys I'm kind of going back and forth on, but the sad part is that they're both on my one team. Um, I think I'm going to go with, with uh, C.J. Anderson. Um, Marshawn Lynch was my other one. Um, just looking at, at, you know, Baltimore's defense was ranked first last year against the run. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they only gave up two, three, four, five rushing touchdowns. Um, so I, I think that's going to be a tough matchup for him. Granted, they lost Holodinata, uh, so so that hurts them a little bit. But, I mean, they only had three games with a rusher over 100 yards, and two of those games were week 16 and week 17. So, I mean, that that's that stands out. I mean, that's pretty pretty impressive um, of what they can do. So, you know, and Lynch, like I said, it's kind of 1A, 1B for me. He just didn't really do much against uh, St. Louis last year. Went uh, 8, 18 for 53 yards, uh, no touchdowns rushing in week seven at St. Louis. And then in week 17, he went for 14 and 60 and a touchdown. So that that's not a bad day. But, yeah, I, that's why I, I give the edge to Anderson as, more, as far as more of a bust. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. So my, my sleeper, I'm going to finally pick one here. He's going to be Tevin Coleman. Uh, now, his ranking might be a little low right now because the news that he jumped up on the depth chart just came out today. But um, I've got him I've got him about seven spots ranked higher than what his uh, consensus rankings is. And I think, you know, he's playing he's playing your Eagles, who, you know, as good of a, a fantasy defense the Eagles were last year, I think you will you will agree with the fact that they weren't a very good defense really overall. They still allowed a ton of points to opposing teams and opposing players. They were always a defense I targeted when it came to fantasy. Um, They just were not good. You know, just quickly, D'Angelo Williams is is another one I'm looking at just because I think he's just being forgotten about. And New England, they weren't I don't – were they good last year? They were not very good against eh, – they were kind of middle of the pack. But, you know, he's going to be an RB1. He's going to get most of the load. Don't forget about him. You know, this guy – you know, he wasn't drafted in some of my leagues, some of my more shallow leagues. It was kind of crazy. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, New England wasn't – they were middle of the pack, like you said, 17th overall. They had two games where they – let up almost 200 yards. Another game against the Jets, where it was 175. So they're prone to getting beat up. But yeah, I agree. The Eagles' defense was just—it it didn't matter who was running against them; they were getting a ton of yards. Um, but my my sleeper running back pick for this week is uh, Latavius Murray going up against Cincy. Um, sticking with that that game there too. Um, but since he was not good against the run, they were 28th last year, um, gave up a touchdown. It looks like more weeks than not. Um, you know, and I, I like Murray. I think, I think Oakland's offense is going to be in the similar boat with Jacksonville where they're just not going to get the respect that they probably should command. Um, 
but Carr's, you know, got a, a year under his belt now. Uh, they got Amari Cooper, uh, and they got, you know, a nice young core group of guys. So I think he could have a, a pretty good game against them. Yeah, and to wrap things up here, uh, my bust for week one for wide receivers, I'm just going to say it, it's both Garcon and Deshaun Jackson. I have no faith in <laughs> the Redskins' passing game. The offensive line is putrid, as we saw in the preseason. They're trying to figure out a way to be good with Kirk Cousins, who, I'm sorry, everybody, is actually a worse quarterback than Robert Griffin III. And I'm no Robert Griffin III fan, but Kirk Cousins is not the answer. He is definitely not. I mean, you can just look at the stats. He's He has done way worse than RG3 in his starts. He comes in the middle of the game and he's awesome, but otherwise he's not good. So those, those are my busts, is just the Redskins receivers in general. Yeah, that's a pretty noteworthy group there. I, I agree that that's going to that's gonna be a tough matchup for them. Um, let's see. I mean, my, my bust for this week... I think receiver-wise, and it kind of goes, I don't really want to go with the same guy as my quarterback, but for New Orleans, I just don't, I don't know if he's going to be that guy. I I feel like there's more of a comfort level with Colston, so I feel like he's going to get more of the targets from from Breeze this week. Again, I'm kind of staying away from New Orleans offense for the most part, but you know, if if people are real high on cooks, I just I would look for a different option this week. I mean, the overall rankings, um, fantasy pros has them sitting at twelve. I, I would put him down behind a lot of these guys that are that are behind him. Um, so he would be my my bust pick. Hmm. That's a, that's an interesting one. I, I like cooks. I like cooks a lot. Um, so one of my one of my sleeper picks, and, and I hate to I mentioned this earlier, was it's going to be Charles Johnson. You know, we we talked about this game earlier where it could wind up being a, a fairly high scoring game against you know against the Forty Niners. You know, I I think um you know I mean it's weird because I I said that Bridgewater may not have the best game, but I think people are saying that he's going to be like top 10, top 12 maybe this week, and I think that's a little over the top. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, he could still throw for some yards. He, you know, he'll still, he'll throw for at least one touchdown. Um, and, I, and I think Charles Johnson is that guy to get it. And, you know, the 49ers weren't very good against receivers last year. They were number 24, am I reading this right, against uh, – on Fantasy Pros, my my other site just crashed on me. My computer's giving me fits, but um, sure. yeah, Charles Johnson at? has looked. Um, oh, just goes against wide receivers, but yeah, Charles Johnson. Yeah, he he looked good. He looked better than Mike Wallace in the preseason. He 
him and him and Bridgewater have seemed to be on the same page. You know, I've kind of targeted him as a wide receiver three. You know, if I'm if I'm real lucky, I'm giving him as a wide receiver four flex in most of my leagues. But I like him, and I think he could have a, a pretty big game there on Monday night. Yeah, I, I like like I said before, I like that game in general. I think that's going to be a fun one to watch, and, and I do like Johnson and his upside. Um, and just the rapport that he has in general with uh, with Bridgewater. So that, that should carry over into this year for sure. Um, I got a couple of guys I was kind of looking at. I'm just trying to see which one of them has the, yeah. I, I mean, this one's kind of, I don't know if he's really a sleeper, but the guy that I really like this week is uh, Jarvis Landry. Um, and, again, it goes back to uh, just how bad the Washington Redskins are um, defensively against the pass. I, they were pretty stout against the run last year, I feel like, but against the pass, they were 30th overall. So that looks to be a, a very solid higher-scoring game from Miami's side. Um, so that's kind of what I'm looking at. The other pick. Yeah, I was going to say Landry, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to pick on my own Redskins too much there. Yeah, the other the other guy I was looking at was was Brandon Marshall. Actually, I mean it's a new team. Um, it'd be an interesting uh, quarterback situation, but you know, and Cleveland's got a pretty pretty solid pass defense, but. Um, It'll just be interesting to see what Marshall can do if he uh, if he can shine and yet another team and not cause too many issues. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not buying in on that Jets offense yet. I want to see it at work. It's just nothing I want to I want to go after. But but anyway, so that's that's all the time we've we've got for the night. Uh, Looking forward to, to week one starting here on Thursday night and so I can sweat over all my fantasy football teams. And, um, yeah, good luck to everybody. If you're still drafting, go ahead and hit us up on Twitter. Um, I'm at Fantasy Six Pack, all spelled out, one word. And, uh, you know, hit us up here at So-Called Fantasy Experts. And um, good luck. And come back next week, next Tuesday at 8.30. All right. See you then. Kick the dust up. Kick the dust up.